Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this live Five things that you should know when you're training female clients or five things coaches should know specifically. Woman of the hour. (laughs) Hi. So five things that coaches should know when it comes to training women. I think this is going to be such an epic episode because we were on a call yesterday. We had a bit of a meeting and we were just thinking sometimes it can just get so super complicated of like, okay, what do we need to do? What makes a difference? What doesn't? What can we leave out? And so we just thought we would do this live to make it super, super simple of the five things that coaches should know when it comes to training their female clients. So what actually matters when it comes to, you know, being a great coach? Um, and we kind of, we thought we'd kind of keep this nutrition specific, but we might have a few other bits and pieces pop in as well. So what is your number one thing that you believe coaches should know when it comes to training their female clients? I was going to start with another one, but in saying that, like when I'm thinking about the number one thing, I want to say the thing which is most often neglected because I think it's so easy for me to be like menstrual cycle. But I think the thing which is most often neglected or not understood is adequate energy availability for women not just at the end of the day but throughout the day so when it comes to things like being able to ovulate that comes down to glucose availability so it doesn't mean by the end of the day have i hit my carb amount it means is there glucose throughout the day had i had a starch fruit vegetable um, or grain throughout every single meal the way women are in comparison to men is that we are preferentially going to want glucose for fertility, but also for our red blood cells, um, our brain and our nervous system, right? So I think the biggest one most neglected is having adequate meal timing for women, but also having a carbohydrate source, glucose derivative starch with each meal, which, you know, we speak about low energy availability, we speak about fasting and everything else as well, is that for women, it just doesn't work as well. So taking away calories in, best calories out, deficit, maintenance, whatever it is, you still need to have adequate meal time. Yeah. And you have a, I'm going to say a famous little recipe that you speak about in the FSN course about if someone cannot get some carbs in before they go to the gym in the morning. So say you're someone who usually trains fasted or your client is a woman. She usually comes into the gym. She's not eating anything. She doesn't feel like eating anything because maybe you're training at five or 6 a.m. What is your little secret sneaky recipe um, for someone who is training super early, but they need to get some carbs in before their session? I was like the adrenal cocktail. I was thinking about the other one, but no. Um, She's got many cards. Yeah, I was like, so which one? Um, yeah, pretty much anything to just salty in glucose. If it's rice, oat, coconut water, um, add a little bit of salt to that. Oh, you're talking about that one. Um, electrolyte <laughs> balance wise, you can actually use ural. So uh, women's ural, which is for like alkalinity of um, helping with like UTIs and stuff like that. You can actually use half a sachet of ural and 
salt as an electrolyte mix for women because women's uh, electrolyte balance is a little bit different to men. Um, if you add EAAs into that, or you can just have um, coffee and protein or, or whatever it is you choose, but liquid is going to be easier to digest if you're starting first thing in the morning. Um, but there does need to be some kind of sodium and some kind of amino acids and glucose before you train. Minimum about 150 calories. Yeah. Wasn't there one with honey as well? Oh, you can do honey. Honey is amazing. So um, honey, salt, coffee, oat milk, rice milk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. It's so number one glucose, which is a really good um, fuel source for training. Yeah. So number one thing is energy availability throughout the day and meal timing being really important. Yeah, specifically what, what with things, carbs. Sorry. Oh, yeah, with carbs, yeah. What are some things that, like, the clients might see if they're not having that? Um, low mood. Like, I think sometimes we think blood sugar balance is just, like, hunger. Um, but it's also often the, um, like, your energy state or your mood or your hangriness. Like, a lot of people don't necessarily show, like, that grumbly feeling of being hungry, but it can be low performance. It can be shitty strength. Um or it could be, yeah, generally that you're low mood, you're not as energetic, you're sad. Mm. Um, so I think blood sugar balance is really important for that too. Adequate energy availability, one for training performance, maybe so you actually have the ability to recover between sets as well. Mm. Um, you might find that you have a really big crash or what can happen if you don't have adequate energy availability, you start to rely more on breaking down glycogen and that's more of like a blood sugar management. Your body's trying to break down stored glycogen to be able to facilitate having energy available or fuel available. And then what happens is you train, after that you hit a wall. You're like, shit, why am I so tired? But yet you've depleted a lot of like your stored glycogen stores and you haven't had any replenishment. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that can be a mood loss too. It can be like, you finish your workout and you literally are so sad and you don't know why. Um, yeah, I would say mood and, and energy drop-offs and like the feeling of fatigue and hitting a wall. And what about long-term effects? Would there be long-term effects with that as well? Um, yeah, so I think we commonly see, we think of low energy availability or red S as being total calories, but it can also be that fuel availability and we can have an ovulatory cycle. So like I said, we do need glucose for luteinizing hormone positivity. So for our cycle to have those fluctuations in hormones, we do need adequate glucose availability, but we also need adequate amino acids, especially things like valine rich sources. Without those, we can still get a bleed, but we might not get ovulation discharge or we might not actually be ovulating. So long-term, those lower states, like obviously having less energy, your body's going to prioritize what's most important. And that's you know, living, um, but it's not necessarily reproduction. So those, I think this is where it comes back to, I guess, point number two to know, especially with coaching women is ovulation is MVP. Like stop asking, like it's great that clients or coaches are asking their clients when they actually have a bleed, because yes, that's important. But if you're not asking, if your client actually ovulates, then you're missing the entire point because your endometrial lining can shed. But that doesn't mean that that client actually ovulated, which is a marker of obviously fertility as well and our overall health and well-being. Because essentially for women, being fit and healthy is actually having a menstrual cycle and ovulating. Yeah. Like, I was already thinking, we're already going down such a rabbit hole. We're like, let's keep it simple. Five things that... So simple. <laughs> um, 
yeah but number okay, two okay. you it was a nice segue number two you're talking about menstrual cycle so um you know your point on on the menstrual cycle knowing when your clients or them being able to know when they're ovulating and potentially educating them on how they can know when they are ovulating yeah and i guess that's even um from a coaching standpoint it's comparing your client's luteal phase to the luteal phase follicular to follicular ovulation ovulation menses menses right so like comparing weight and waist measurements and everything else to the phase prior to it, not comparing a follicular phase to a luteal phase. Um, but asking those questions and understanding there will be weight fluctuations over ovulation, premenses, some higher than others, depending on the, the person, especially if there's high amounts of information with something like PCOS, those fluctuations or endo is gonna be higher, premenses as well, or ovulation. But like, for example, I messaged uh, just doing my clients by feedback and one of my clients like had this bounce up in weight and I was like, to her and like what's happened i was like um weight's a little bit fluctuated up like has menses arrived um and her response was just like no but i feel a little bit of cramping like it's coming and you know you can keep it humorous and i was like is it like birthing baby jesus kind of pain or is it like subtle tingle and she's like subtle tingle i was like brilliant um so it's been able to have that back and forth and understand because if i didn't know anything about menstrual cycle or um i guess my clients specifically i might be like what did you eat like i feel like you're not tracking your calories properly like your weight spiked um what's going on um whereas i guess understanding those fluctuations in women especially over menstrual cycle is probably one of the key things to kind of rationalize things and also to make appropriate adjustments depending on that person mm. and also like another point on that is i do actually believe that women are becoming more aware and more clued in and knowledgeable about their cycle, which was not something that mm. I had even thought about or known like a few years ago. So it's absolutely incredible to see that becoming so much more well-known and, and more mainstream as well. And again, like as a coach, if you don't know that, but your client does, it's a little bit like, as, as well. So it's really like making sure that you're staying on top and being, you know, one step ahead at least of your clients, because, you know, if they're able to get the information off an app or a book or something else as well, it's like, what can't they get? Like, what, what can you provide that a book can't or an app can't or whatever it is? And that is going to be like support in um, helping them nutritionally number one um and also being able to for example know when to refer out know when to get blood work done know how to get that done know the questions to ask um and even if you don't have the necessary like you don't know what to do with the answers having that support and being supported by a community or a mentor or someone to help you gain those answers and someone that's and working with someone whose scope that is in as well is also super super valuable and could also potentially save the client a lot of money mm. yeah and like providing a higher quality service but also you know they don't have to you know fork out extra thousands of dollars to work separately with someone yeah like a lot of my clients that i mentor as well and i even have mentors who are dietitians as well but a lot of the clients I mentor, they get a collection, I guess, of their client's blood work and also of um, just general things that they want to learn. And they might either charge out to their client a little bit higher in order to offset the cost of mentoring or they just pay the mentoring themselves. But that's going to help, you know, 10 mm. 
class clients in the future who have a similar client kind of profile or symptoms. Yeah. Um, so I guess our top three so far um, <laughs> would definitely be um, energy availability and glucose availability throughout the day, obviously like regular meal timing. Um, understanding weight fluctuations as well over different cycles and comparing those cycles to apple to apple, orange to orange. Um, and then um, uh, understanding ovulation and uh, making sure there's ovulation discharge as well and that your client understands, I guess, how to track. Um, the fourth one, now I'm like, it's made me think of so many others, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, we said we like amy and i were like talking before this and we were like okay we've got our five and i was like but what about this but what about this <laughs> this and she, i was like maybe we can add some bonuses yeah a little bonus tip one um i would say the importance of like nutrients or nutrient density so obviously women have a lot smaller intake than men most of the time um so the need for i guess micronutrient density in our meals is going to be even more important so um this is why if it fits macros approaches doesn't really work. Um, and the amount of soul foods or fun foods a female would have in comparison to a male will be smaller because again, her intake is smaller. Um, in saying that, I think the other thing as far as healthy menstrual cycles, healthy fertility, everything else as well, is that understanding the microbiome, you don't have to understand it. I'm not saying you have to understand it, but I understand somebody's gut health in particular also affects the estrobolum or their um, vaginal microbiome as well. So things like that promote lactobacillus, so whether it be cruciferous vegetables, um, fermented veggies, sauerkraut, kimchi, um, things like that, that also helps to then populate their estrobolum or their gut microbiome as well as their vaginal microbiome. So this is where we see if there is healthy levels of lactobacillus and other healthy amounts of good bacteria, for lack of a better word, we don't see as much, um, I guess, things like thrush or candida or um, UTIs and, and stuff like that as well. We want a healthy balance in, in both areas and we are a whole system. So what occurs in one area will occur in another area. So yeah. treating the whole person, I guess, holistically, um, but also understanding the importance of one adequate, um, not probiotics, but more so foods that serve as, to create healthy bacteria, um, but also micronutrient density in meals. Um, being more important for women than men yeah and i think as all well, like understanding that like the gut health is going to affect absorption as well absorption of micronutrients too so it really links back in with like being able to ask the right questions and knowing the right questions to ask so like potentially asking about bowel movements <laughs> amy's favorite topic um so yeah that that links back in with uh i think it was point I've lost count of like our points now. Pointing. <laughs> um, so point four was uh, the importance of gut health. So knowing like not necessarily knowing the ins and outs of it to start with, like that's going to be obviously be a journey and potentially something you may want to look into eventually, but getting the basics down first. And then number five. Oh, I kind of mixed two together. Oh. So... I mean, we can talk about energy status. So being that women typically have 10% less lean body mass, we're typically 10% leaner overall, like our weight and our mass and less muscle tissue means we're obviously going to have a lower total daily energy expenditure. So that's kind of the differences between males and females in that kind of sense. And uh, I guess you can even go into then 
physio physiology as well of like carrying angle and everything else as well. But um, from a nutrient standpoint, the reason why we typically eat less is just because we're a smaller human with less lean body mass. Okay, cool. So recapping those five things, just so everyone's still with us. Number one, what? Oh, now I forgot. Number one, any order. Was un, any order. Number one was understanding that, um, like, energy availability is important for women, and meal timing is important. Not just making sure you have adequate energy availability at the end of the day, but ensuring that you have meal space throughout the day for adequate energy availability throughout the day. So, like, you know, before training, after training all those sorts of things as well. So that was number one. Number two was being able to understand the menstrual cycle and understand how this is going to affect your ability to look at those biofeedback markers at different points in the cycle. So not comparing week one to week two to week three to week four, but comparing week one to week one, week two to two, three, three, and four, four. Okay, so that's going to affect a lot of biofeedback markers. It's also going to potentially affect your programming and not necessarily from a standpoint of like you're going to change your programming, but from a standpoint of like, okay, we may need to auto-regulate the program if say PMS week, she's not feeling that great and we've got, you know, a one RM scheduled or whatever it is. So, you know, leaving room for auto-regulating um, the programming. Uh, number three was ovulation. Am I correct? So yeah. understanding how ovulation works and getting your clients and teaching your clients how to track ovulation and knowing, you know, the thermo, thermo, what was it called? Symptothermal. Symptothermal method. Um, you know, looking at um, survival and temperature changes. Yeah, yeah 100%. Mm -hmm. Number four, I'm doing good with my memory yeah. right now. We're doing so well. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have any notes. Um, number four was you have to help. Uh, like yeah. I said, gut health affecting vaginal microbiome, estrogen, yeah, and nutrient density. We kind of all yeah. in one. Yeah, which is what we said. So not necessarily needing to know the ins and the outs of gut health to start with, but just knowing the right questions to ask your clients because the gut health is going to affect hormone balance and it's going to affect you know absorption of micronutrients and all those other things as well. So asking the right questions around, you know, bloating and, you know, what their, what their bowel movements are looking like and things like that. Awesome. And then number five was, I've got it, uh, differences in energy expenditure, total daily oh, yeah, energy correct. expenditure between men and women as well, and accounting for this when it comes to programming for their nutrition. One bonus one I might add in, and this is specifically more to women and um, like we will probably do separate for physiology um, as far as like structures. Anatomy. Um, anatomy, thank you so much. <laughs> um, the, this is where we work well. Um, the, I guess one big one, especially women who go from coach to coach or program to program, or they say they've been doing this 12-week program and then they come to you, it is very common that women will come to you having low states of energy availability or having been in a deficit for the past two weeks and then they say things like oh I've eaten like shit or whatever it is I've been eating so much lately and that time period might be like a weekend right or three or four days or five days mm -hmm. but there may have been infrequent eating for example 
they may have had a really high big meal on a Saturday night, but then they felt bad and they fasted on Sundays and then they uh, didn't eat. But then they, by the end of the day, they were so hungry. They binged on, on some other food, right? And so those low states of energy availability aren't just overall caloric balance, but if they're coming to you having done a challenge, they probably not actually set up baseline for enough time to be able to see, I guess, what true baseline is, but also to have partial replenishment of um, hormonal markers too. So often I'll find that when a client comes to me and I dig deeper and I ask what they've been eating or I get them to send screenshots or um, ask how long they've consistently eaten at these higher calories and it might not be that long, I might actually even start them on a refeed. So it might be, you know, a week or two weeks of baseline, perceived baseline calories at macronutrients I think work best for their body composition and then I see if their body changes so I guess seeing that true baseline to start don't be afraid to start doing the opposite mm. of what they want so if they're like I'm coming to you for fat loss why do I have to eat more I'm like because I want to mm. have partial replenishment of hormonal markers before we start on this I want to make sure everything's in check before we start this process um, yeah. one it saves them time efficiency wise like long term and also then you know you're there in a perfect position one, you know, their true baseline by the end of that week to see if they fluctuate or change. Um, but also, you know that you can kind of push them like you are the one in control of that. And they've probably never actually practiced eating at baseline if it wasn't just all or nothing. Um, or, you know, maybe not practiced it in a way which is like sports nutrition specific with adequate micronutrient density. They've maybe practiced it with like alcohol and eating out and like binging and yeah. overeats. Like it's really good to get your clients at the start to kind of practice their baseline and how to eat like an adult rather than a three-year-old unsupervised. Yeah. And it's so funny because I knew we were going to go down the rabbit hole. We're like, let's keep it simple, but we have to like address it because two other things came up there. Like number one, it's learning how to speak to your clients as well. Like if the client's coming to you for, uh, for fat loss and ex you have to explain to them in a way that's going to like they're going to understand of why we're sitting at baseline as well and being able to reassure them because you know i've had it i've seen it both ways where number one they come in and they're like oh my god that's so much food like you're giving me so much food and i'm like this is actually just what you should be sitting at and eating like to maintain right like and so it's it's sometimes it's kind of having to like you said like reverse up and 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 build it back up again on the flip side this isn't necessarily specific to women but i've also had women come in and you know you go into your calorie calculator whatever it is you work it out and then it's like you set up all the macros all the calories whatever it is and then they go well actually i've just been in a surplus kind of thing or like or actually i'm maintaining at you know mm. 200 300 calories higher already and i'm like well, I'm not going to bring you back down. Yeah. Like, I'm not, if we're not like going into a deficit, if that's not the plan, like, let's start there. Like, let's start with what you're doing and see like what we can do, where we can push it. And also like how you're feeling about your body composition and all those things as well. So, you know, really individualizing. And <laughs> You've got like, something now. To oh add. no, I was just going to say is like, often I see this, like, this is no shade. But I see these, what I eat in a day to grow or what I eat in a day, like maintenance periods. And it's like 2000 calories, right? I'm like, if you are a fit and active woman, chances are your baseline is somewhere between, if you're a say office worker, somewhere between 2200 up to 3000 calories. So I'm sorry, but what I eat in a day between 2000 calories or 1850, that's not maintenance. That's not growth. Um, no. So. I don't <laughs> 
Yeah, like I I don't care how much yo-yo dieting you've done and everything else as well. Like everyone has a set point that their body can maintain a certain body composition. And if you have the capacity to eat more and maintain your current physique, not only are you replenishing obviously a lot of hormonal markers, but you're positively altering your set points to be able to maintain at a, at a higher amount of caloric intake, right? So especially if you've been eating off plan and you're like you say put them at their perceived maintenance of like 2500 calories for a week and they drop weight chances are they were eating more for Mm -hmm. sure but if they if they didn't change weight and they'd been eating more like you know you always want to especially with women you always want to have the maximum amount of caloric intake you can give them from a micronutrient perspective to be able to get adequate um micros and more vitamins and minerals everything else in but you want them to train hard um, and I, and obviously be able to still have adequate fertility, menstrual cycle function, everything else as well. So if you have the capacity to eat more, um, get your clients to eat more. Um, and don't be afraid to really push up their calories, especially if it's a refeed or um, bringing them up reverse diet to the calories you feel they need. Like 3,000, 2,800, 2,500 really isn't that much um, for an active female, that is. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. So I think we nailed it with the five and a few extra bonuses, which we knew they were coming. Um, with in saying that, with saying that, the female-specific nutrition course semester three is now live and is now on pre-sale. So pre the pre-sale price for this course is like ridiculous. Like it's a twelve-week course. It's like a hundred bucks for a week like to do this course and you as you can already see there is going to be so much value if you've gotten that much in 25 minutes with us you have an hour an hour and a half with amy like the 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 speed at which she talks you're going to get so much value and you're going to be able to start applying things with your clients straight away so um it is on pre-sale now pre-sale is going to last until the end of july so make sure uh, you jump in quickly if you are interested in this course if you've been watching it the last couple of rounds you know it's absolutely changed some coaches lives changed the way they've you know been able to help impact their coaches their confidence in being able to get results for their clients but not only that doing it in an optimal and healthy way so we are super excited for round three. We can't wait. Um, so that will be starting in September. So like I said, pre-sale is ending end of July. Make sure you jump in if you're interested. And yeah, I think that's about it. Amy and I will have some more lives uh, leading up there. So if you can join us live or if you're watching the replay, just let us know. Say hi in the comments um, or just type in replay if you're watching the replay as well. So thank you so much for joining me, Amy, and everyone who's watching. And I'll Thanks, guys. If you have any suggested topics of what you want us to cover in the next few weeks, feel free to pop that in the comments too. And I think one other thing to remember is that you have lifelong access to even the recordings of the course so if you're like this is so above my head or it shouldn't be but Mm. if you're like there's so much information to take in like you have so much time to be able to absorb that and apply with your clients to actually truly learn yeah and in saying that as well you also get lifetime access to the facebook group so if you have a question there are i don't even know 30 40 coaches in there at the moment 
and you know all of them have gone through the course all of them are working specifically with women around these things you know there's coaches who've gone on to do mentoring with amy and, and get blood get amy to look at their clients blood work and help there so they're like everyone's happy to help in that group it's such an amazing and incredible community because like these are the coaches that are educating themselves these are the coaches that are really making a difference in the industry and I just really want to see the rise of these coaches in the industry and like not the fault like not to the detriment of like the influencers but you know potentially the influencers educating themselves you know what i mean influencing um, the influencers you know influencing the influencers i like it amazing thanks bill thanks kaylee thank you amy and i will see you all soon okay, bye, bye listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.